Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at Western New York with news, features, and special guests. Now, here's your host, Brian Rusk. Welcome to the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520. I've met a gifted professor on a Viking ship cruise in Germany and France and his name is Ray F. Farrows. He is a professor and chair with Health and Human Services at Clarion University and they're located in Clarion, Pennsylvania. And where we hail this program from, we have a tremendous addiction problem with dozens of young people dying from heroin overdoses in uh, Buffalo, Niagara Falls, Toronto. It's a terrible, terrible crisis. And this gentleman is an expert on addiction, Ray Farrows. He's a professor and department chair of human services, rehabilitations, health, and sports sciences at Clarion University in Clarion, Pennsylvania. Clarion is one of the Pennsylvania state system of higher education. Ray Farrows has taught courses in substance abuse, mental health, human services, and counseling. And we're going to learn all about this today on the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520 with our guest Ray Farrows on the Rusk Report. Now, let's talk about the heroin addiction crisis, and it is a crisis where we're seeing hundreds of young people throughout the United States, and we broadcast to 17 states and half of Canada. How difficult, how big is this heroin opioid addiction crisis? Professor Ray Ferris. Well, first, Brian, thanks for having me on your show. It's a real honor. Uh, the problem is exceedingly big. We've lost in every year since 2010 more and more people uh, the most recent data from 2015 shows 65,000 deaths in one year in the U.S., and we have every reason to believe the number will go up when we finally see the 16 and 17 data. It's a serious problem, and it affects rural areas and urban areas. Do you see any hope with the situation of just hundreds of young people being lost to the situation? We see the resuscitation effects with uh, Narcon and other uh, avoidance uh, of this crisis. Uh, do you see hope, Professor Ferris? Yeah, I do believe there's hope. I think we're in for another year of record deaths in uh, 2018. Then I think probably the cumulative effects of better education, prevention efforts, pharmacies doing a better job of tracking so that people can't get pills from multiple pharmacies and doctors, uh, physician education and uh, uh, federal oversight of doctors for who prescribed large, large numbers of these drugs, uh, and advances in treatment. 
I think all this will have a positive effect, but I still look for 2018 to be a record-setting year. Let's talk a little bit about other addictions. And, and today on the Rust Report on ESPN AM 1520, we're going to analyze not just the addiction to opioids, but also cigarettes, alcohol, gambling, and other drugs. Let's talk about the one that's been with us a 100 years, and we've seen uh, tremendous, uh, horrible deaths from lung cancer and uh, other diseases affiliated with uh, cigarette usage. What about cigarette addiction? How addictive is it, and how can people overcome this? Well, you know, what's interesting about that, Brian, is that tobacco is said to be the most addictive substance on earth. And I'll give you an example. Most other drugs are central nervous system stimulants or central nervous system depressants. They speed you up like cocaine or they slow you down like an opioid or alcohol would. But with nicotine, it gives the user whatever they need. So you can imagine the new father in the waiting room hearing about the birth of his son or daughter and he's maybe running out of the hospital to smoke a cigarette to calm himself down. Other people uh, can use a cigarette to perk themselves up. So nicotine is a unique drug that gives anybody what it is that they want. So it's a very tough thing to overcome. And so uh, even though the number of people in America that smokes, I think down to like 12%, it's still a very tough addiction. And it, like you'd said, creates a lot of uh, pressure on our health care system and a lot of expense. How often can people overcome cigarette addiction, addiction to nicotine? Professor Ferris. Well, we have some advancements like the patches and certain medications that can be used to help somebody overcome the addiction. Some people say that non-traditional treatments like hypnosis and acupuncture can be effective with uh -huh, it. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, there's evidence that all of these kind of things work, but there's also evidence that some people try everything and never really can overcome that addiction. Let's... Uh talk now about alcohol addiction and we've seen so many problems with alcoholism in families also with drunk drivers as we reach the east coast of the United States and half of Canada with our 50,000 watts of clear channel power. Are we making any inroads to the addiction of alcohol? Well, uh, people say that around 18% of Americans have an alcohol abuse or dependence issue. Dependence being more serious than abuse. And frankly, uh, there hasn't been a whole lot of progress in terms of the alcohol addiction. After all, it's legal, and so people think that it's not harmful. It's, uh, you know, it's used at graduations, birthdays, weddings, celebrations of all sorts. And so it's viewed as, as all right. But the reality is it can be a very deadly kind of uh, addiction to have. And it results in DUIs. It results in, uh, I know Father Martin, the, uh, the Roman Catholic priest who uh, had the mo made the movie called Chalk Talk that we use when we educate students about alcohol. Uh, he w he was really uh, impressed with the idea that maybe out of 35 people who have an alcohol addiction, only one will get cured. And AA is a 
you know, still the, the best bet that somebody gets well, as far as I'm concerned. Let's compare addiction to opioids and alcohol. Which has a better recovery rate? I would say opioids probably has the better recovery rate than alcohol. And, uh, and, and we see the deaths on opioids are going up, but there are people who can kick that habit, and some people who can use opioids and abuse them and never get addicted. Uh, and frankly, even some people who can abuse alcohol, but they never become an alcoholic. And uh, therein lies, there's, a, there's a, an issue with genetics and, and learning that we're only now trying to discover and understand so that we can do better treatment. For those who just tuned in to the Rusk Report, we're learning a great deal from an expert on addiction. His name is Ray F. Ferris. He is a professor and chair of a department at Clarion University Health and Human Services, and, and they are located in Clarion, Pennsylvania. If you're listening in Clarion, Pennsylvania, Buffalo, New York, or Montreal, drop us a note as we have 50,000 watts of clear channel power. Please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. This station has received letters as far away as Scandinavia, New Zealand. We'd like to hear from our Canadian and European listeners, too. To tell you a little bit more about Professor Ray Ferris, in July of 2017, Professor Ferris's department launched a four-course opioid treatment specialist certificate program at the office of the Pennsylvania Governor Thomas Wolfe. The program has been a strong success, far exceeding expectations. This evidence, the serious nature of the nationwide opioid crisis. Our guest today, Dr. Ferris, and where we held this program from Buffalo, New York, we've had dozens and dozens of needless heroin addiction overdoses and fatality. So we're very anxious to hear from the wisdom of Professor Ray Ferris on the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520. Let's talk a little bit more about different addictions. We've talked about opioids, cigarettes, alcohol, and one that is very troubling to so many, and we have many casinos in New York State, and in Florida, these are gambling casinos. What about the gambling addiction? How tough is that, Professor Ferris? I think the gambling addiction is rooted in the same thing that these other addictions are. It just manifests a different way. Some people may, due to their genetics, have a susceptibility to alcohol in a way that you and I don't. Or they have a susceptibility to opioid addiction in a way others don't. And I think it's the same with gambling. It it just depends on the person and right now the cutting edge research has to do with what are the personality characteristics and what are the neurobiochemical characteristics genetically that make some people susceptible and other people not susceptible but it's definitely rooted in the same kind of situation how has gambling destroyed families and hurt marriages and upset society how difficult a challenge is the gambling crisis. Well, it's it's as difficult as, say, alcohol, where, uh, again, uh, Father Martin would say, alcohol is a great solvent. It'll dissolve 
marriages, it'll dissolve jobs, it'll dissolve futures, and it's the same with gambling. It'll dis it'll dissolve family relationships, it'll dissolve paychecks. Gambling and alcohol are a lot alike that way, and often they they go, come together. They go together in a casino. I'd like to thank those who called regarding our recent guest, astronaut Bill Gregory and Conrad and Ivana Lowell, who are the owners of Ivana, of Lowell International Foods out of Chicago, Illinois. It's a tremendous success story of how they've grown this international food distribution business from Chicago, Illinois. Let's talk about marijuana as a gateway to other drugs. A lot of people say that 90% of the time, people who are on cocaine started with addiction to marijuana. Let's talk about that as marijuana being an opening to more serious drugs. Yeah, you know, and, and a lot of people are saying nowadays that marijuana is not a serious drug because, after all, it's legal recreationally in Colorado or in Washington State, for example, and other states bringing it on because I think it's a money maker for them. But I really do believe that in the long run, the more we allow people to anesthetize their pain with drugs, the more we create that kind of a lifestyle, which then, Brian, leads them to try other drugs and other drugs until they become basically not helpful to their own society. Let's talk about legalization of marijuana. I see the tremendous therapeutic results with medical marijuana for people with epilepsy, with muscular dystrophy, multiple sclerosis, but it scares me a little bit when I heard a few years ago about the the lady with uh, five children on the Long Island Expressway going in the wrong direction with a van all seven dead when they did the autopsy they found that she was very high on THC uh, can mm -hmm. we afford to have another addiction we've got cigarettes we have alcohol we have gambling problems really should we have all marijuana legalized isn't this very dangerous when we have so many other vices and addictions in our society, Professor Ferris? Right. My understanding is the medical marijuana does not produce the same kind of uh, uh, psychological high that the recreational marijuana did, which is, by the way, more powerful than it was in the 70s when I was in college. Mm -hmm. It's much more powerful. Uh, but my understanding of the medical marijuana is for the uses you talked about, muscular dystrophy and or uh, uh, dementia some people say it might have use for and there's new research these days on can it help the opioid addicted person come down off of that addiction we still don't know whether it will or not but I know in the states like Pennsylvania where I'm from yes. uh, we just now uh, approved medical marijuana and uh, I sure hope it doesn't get to recreational marijuana because I just think people use use that irresponsibly causing the kind of vehicle accident you talk about. Let's go a step further Chairman and Professor Ray Ferris in Canada they are legalizing recreational marijuana usage. Can society afford economically this type of a problem uh, with more fatalities on the highways Yes, I can see the medical marijuana benefits, mm -hmm. but what benefit and what cost is it to society? And I know they're looking in at this as a revenue enhancer for governments 
but at what cost where it can destroy individuals and families. I agree with you. There's a, a serious cost to it. And uh, I, if, I don't know that Canada did re- their homework. And looking at what's happened in Colorado and Washington State to see, for example, are DUIs up, are uh, divorces up, are welfare applications up, you know, all the related pathology that can come with use of an addictive drug. And I would hope if the whole country of Canada, because I've read it in the news as well, has, uh, I think in October, will allow recreational use of marijuana, uh, there could be an, a negative effect with that. At the very least, it's just and kind of a, people who I know who've used marijuana just lose their drive and their... Uh, their uh, zest for life. They just kind of tune in, turn on, drop out, mellow out. And really, a society can't handle a lot of people like that. We need people who are willing to work, support families, uh, and so on. So I think it's a danger. Let's look at the overall picture. Is this a, a further degradation of Western society where we are going to have people high all the time? And does just lower our standards and drive away the work ethic? Is this a crisis in America and Canada today? I think you're hitting the nail on the head. That's that's my concern too. And I'm like you. I've worked since I was a teenager, and I understand the work ethic, and I understand what can happen to a society when too many people do not work and instead kind of live off the largesse of the taxpayers. And I'm afraid with these kinds of drugs more and more of that can happen and once we hit a tipping point then we have more users than producers and any society will be in trouble. America would be in trouble just like Canada could be in trouble if that happens. We're learning a great deal from Professor and Chairman of the Department Ray F. Ferris. He's with Clarion University Health and Human Services with Human Services Rehabilitation Health and Sports Sciences with Clarion University in Clarion, Pennsylvania. I was lucky to meet this young man on a cruise in Europe and I had to do a taping with him on the Rust Report on ESPN AM 1520 blanketing 17 states and half of Canada. A little bit more background information about Professor and Chairman Ray Ferris. He has a Ph.D. from the University of Pittsburgh, 28 years with Clarion University as a professor, 18 years as director of behavior health services, University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, UPMC. Our guest today on the Rust Report on ESPN AM 1520. If you're listening in Montreal, Buffalo, Clarion, Pennsylvania, Washington, D.C., drop us a note. We'd like to hear from you. Please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. Our guest today, Chairman Ray Ferris with Clarion University. Let's talk about addictive personalities. What type of personality and young person can become addicted to opioids, cigarettes, alcohol, gambling? What type of personality? I think probably the number one marker, Brian, for that is, does that person back in their family, their parents, their grandparents, their uncles and aunts, 
are there people who've had addictive disorders there? If they are, I, I do believe there's a, a genetic component here. And the research ongoing now is to determine what markers are there to produce that kind of addiction. Just like we know there are some markers that set somebody up for breast cancer, for example. There are markers, but they're more subtle and, and more than one marker. There's probably markers that work in concert with each other to make someone have an addictive personality, in particular addictions towards certain drugs or gambling or whatever it might be. So that's where things are going. And the, the best thing I could say for, for any parents that may be listening to the radio show is, uh, or, or other adults is take a look at your family line, see what's going on. You know, were there people back in the family who've, who've been addicted? And if there are, you really want to pay attention to your children or your grandchildren. Make sure they have opportunities for positive, uh, uh, use of their time, developing habits and uh, successes in jobs or recreational kind of things so that they have strong per personalities and they really aren't at risk to be led into this kind of a problem. Let's talk about the cure. We've talked about the crisis with opioid addiction, cigarettes, alcohol, gambling. How can we cure these people? Professor Ferris. Well, I think the main thing that goes on is a two-part strategy. One is prevention, and even now in grade schools, uh, children are being taught what you know, what's a good thing and a bad thing and a risky thing, and they're taught to say no. They're taught to report anything that is suspicious. That. Uh, and, and as they get on into the middle school and high school, taught a little more about drugs and their negative effects. Uh, so that's a prevention aim. From the treatment uh, uh, perspective, people then uh, need to understand they can get individual help, they can get group help, they can get detoxed, they can get... Uh, uh, 28-day or 14-day or 7-day treatments. With peer self-help groups, there's a lot to be said for groups like AA, NA, COA, these uh, peer self-support organizations that help people often in conjunction with medication-assisted therapy because that's coming on uh, these days, as well as individual and group treatment. So there are a lot of treatment opportunities, and treatment works. Most people never get treatment for these disorders, and many of them ruin their lives as a result. Let's talk a little bit about educational remedies. In our educational institutions, such as Clarion University, where you are department chair and professor with health and human services, do we have any educational remedies? Yeah, I, th I think we do. Uh, both at the uh, early early school, middle school, high school, educational remedies, as well as any part of regular drug and alcohol treatment involves education because people don't understand uh, the interaction of different medicines. I'll give you an example. is an interaction of alcohol with a barbiturate, which mm -hmm. is like one plus one equals three. They, they make each other more powerful and people actually die as a result of not understanding about this. So we try and educate patients uh, in terms of their medicines, understanding their risk factors, 
like the Lord's Prayer says, lead us not into temptation. A lot of people who have addictive personalities don't realize that if they take this route home, or if they go past this casino, or if they make a phone call to this friend that's a user, they're just going down the steps towards their own use. So we teach them to recognize those kind of triggers and have strategies, educational strategies to avoid the problem. We're talking with Professor and Chairman of the Department Ray F. Ferris with Clarion University, Health and Human Services, Rehabilitation, Health and Sports Services in Clarion, Pennsylvania. Let's talk about addictions being inherited. Is there a certain personality trait of parents or grandparents that can be inherited by young people where they have an addictive personality professor and chairman Ferris. I think there is a genetic component and the most obvious proof although again they are to the stage where they can say this this marker on DNA equals a susceptibility but the best proof is there's been plenty of research done to say if an individual has two parents who are both alcoholic there's a much greater chance that the child will become alcoholic. If it's only one, it's a lesser chance. If it's none, it's a lesser chance. So we know there's a genetic predisposition. And the cutting-edge research is trying to determine what exactly that is. And then from there, how can we neutralize that risk? Very good. We have a few minutes left on the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520 blanketing 17 states with 50,000 watts of clear channel power. What about environmental effects and how that may put forth a greater chance of addiction to opioids, gambling, cigarettes, alcohol? Professor and Chair Ferris. Well, environmental effects, especially when you look at the opioid, which is what I've been studying most closely in the last couple of years, uh, the communities where there's been invi- where there's been industrial devastation are the focal point for the start of the opioid ep- epidemic. And I'm talking about Portsmouth, Ohio, s- communities in West Virginia, communities in Kentucky, mm-hmm. where this all really got started. They were devastated communities economically. So, in in a sense, you know that's that sets up uh, individuals. Uh, as well as other economic, not just economic, but other uh, other kinds of things like if we know peer self-help groups help in treatment, then we also know if a child or an adolescent starts running around with the wrong crowd, with negative people, with other kids that use, they're a sitting duck for using themselves because peer influence is so strong. Also, more and more, what we're seeing, at least in Pennsylvania, is there are more single-parent families where mom might be working then or nobody is at home. Children then uh, have access to medicine cabinets or friends. They're unsupervised. They skip school. And they're at high risk for all kinds of pathology, including drug and alcohol abuse. I'm sorry you have to bring the Rusk Report to a close. We've learned so much from Chairman and Professor of the Department of Health and Human Services, Rehabilitation, Health and Sports Sciences, Ray F. Ferris with Clarion University in Clarion, Pennsylvania. Also special thanks to Kevin Carr, our Director of Production for the past 15 years. Thank you for enlightening us about this horrible opioid and other addictions 
Professor and Chair Ray F. Ferris. Have a great week. You've been listening to The Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at the Western New York community with news, features, and special guests. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write to Brian Rusk, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Amherst, New York, 14226. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.